0: Good morning, Covenant East. I send you greetings from Woodlands Centre, where I'm based at every Sunday. Although I'm not with you on every Sunday in Suntec, but I'm somewhat familiar with the ministries here because I lead the TNG ministries across all three centres from 18 months to 18 years old in BBJ Woodlands and East. As a mother of two teenage boys, 17 and 13 years old, I'm personally passionate to disciple God's young people, to know God deeply through the Word of God, and to build God's church together with the generations here in Covenant EFC. I'm happily married to my husband, Felix, for coming to 21 years. And today we count it a privilege, really grateful to encounter God together with you through the Holy Scriptures. So last Sunday, Pastor Matt preached an overview of Daniel chapter 7. From last Sunday, you would have realised that Daniel started receiving dreams, visions, and he started writing down the apocalyptic visions. So at this moment, you must be wondering, why do the Bible authors in those days write down God's revelation in the form of dreams and vision that caused most Christians to avoid Daniel chapter 7 to 12 or even the book of Revelation. What is the purpose of visionary literature? Well, according to Lenin Reichen, this is what he says. Visionary literature, with its arresting strangeness, breaks through our normal way of thinking and shots us into seeing that things are not as they appear. Visionary writing attacks our ingrained pattern of deep level. Thought in an effort to convince us of such things as the world will not always continue as it now is, that there is something drastically wrong with the status quo, or that reality cannot be confined to the physical world that we perceive with our senses. So the visions are meant to shock Daniel and his readers back then and to tell them that their reality cannot be confined to the physical world of the exile that they perceive with their senses. Today, may today's sermon in Daniel chapter 7 help us to see beyond our physical world. May the Holy Scriptures tutor our worldview to see our reality differently. To walk by faith and not by sight. So this is why we should be excited in Daniel chapter 7 with all the dreams and visions. So last Sunday, Pastor Matt preached an overview of chapter 7. Today, we're going to zoom in to cover verses 9 to 14. Before we do that, Let us do a quick overview of the context and background of Daniel chapter 7. So chapter 7 turns back the clock to at least 10 years before the time period in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel, who is highly gifted with the ability to interpret dreams and visions, finds himself in chapter 7 with an inability to decipher the own dreams that he received from God. Daniel saw four beasts with the fourth one being exceedingly terrifying. Almost every scholar concludes that the four beasts that Daniel saw in chapter 7 are actually the four kingdoms in Daniel chapter 2. Some scholars adopt the Greek view to interpret the fourth beast. Some scholars adopt the Roman view to interpret the fourth beast. Whatever view that you are adopting, we must not forget the overarching message of Daniel chapter 7. This is the message. Human kingdoms, no matter how evil, will ultimately be destroyed and overtaken by an everlasting kingdom of God, where sins will reign with him one day. As we zoom in to focus on some verses 9 to 14 in today's sermon, we must not forget the overarching message of the entire chapter that human kingdoms, no matter how evil, will be destroyed completely by the kingdom of God where all the saints will reign with him forever. This is the message of Daniel chapter 7. Before we dive in to read verses 9 to 14, let us pray. Father, fill us with your spirit to understand your word. May we be both hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In these last days of evil and suffering, let us see our world with hope because of the supremacy of God's judgment. Let us see our world with hope because of the certainty of an everlasting kingdom. Let us start with the first point of today's sermon. Let us see our world with hope because of the supremacy of God's judgment. Before we read verses 9 to 10, let's read verse 7. Let us recap verse 7 because verse 7 has an impact to what we are reading in verses 9 and 10. Verse 7, this is what Daniel saw in his dreams and vision. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful, and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke into pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Horns in the Old Testament days illustrate power. To have ten horns, five times two, it means it has extraordinary, exceeding power. It was scary for Daniel to see that. Today, some of us might be very interested to speculate who exactly is this fourth beast. But I want to remind and encourage us in that process of trying to interpret who the fourth beast is, we must not neglect the emotional reactions these symbols are meant to arouse in Daniel and his readers back then. That these emotional reactions from the fourth beast are meant to tell Daniel that the worst is yet to come. The exile is not the end. They were terrified by the exile, but that will not be the end. There will be a fourth beast coming, that there will be more evil, more suffering, more oppression that is coming in the near future. And that's why Daniel was horrified that the exile is not the end. Worst is coming up. It's not the worst. The exile is not the worst. And that's why Daniel was horrified. And with that horror in mind, let us read verses 9 and 10 right now. So Daniel's vision switched from a beast to the next scene, and that is the throne scene. In verses 9 and 10, this is what Daniel saw. As I look, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and his hair of head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. His wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out right from before him. A thousand thousand served him and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment and the books were open. The visions that Daniel saw did not just end with the horrifying vision of the future. The scene switched to a throne room and Daniel saw the Ancient of Days seated on his throne with all the rest of the thrones placed before him, before the higher throne. No one knows exactly who are the ones seated on the other thrones. Some say it could be the saints, some say it could be the angels, some say it could be the elders as written in Revelation chapters 4 and 5. Whatever it is, Daniel did not just see a horrifying vision of the future. The scene changed into a throne room where he saw a higher throne, where the Ancient of Days took his place and started judging the evil deeds. Why do I say that? Because in verse 10, it says the court sat in judgment and the books were open. The books are actually the books as recorded in Revelation chapter 20 where all evil deeds are recorded in that book and that's where the ancient of days sat there judging every single evil deeds. Daniel did not just see a horrifying vision of the future. Daniel saw hope that one day God will judge the evil deeds of the fourth beast. Evil may gain and hold ground but Daniel's vision reveals that God has evil on a leash and God will judge And punish them one day. That is the hope that Daniel saw. He saw the ancient of this seated on the throne and judging every single deed. That evil may gain and hold ground. But one day God will judge them and punish them. Daniel saw hope. Today, in our days of evil and suffering, let us see our world with hope. Because of the supremacy of God's judgment. The God that we worship today is the same God as Daniel in the book of Daniel chapter 7. Let us not be discouraged by the evil, the suffering, the oppression, the immorality we see in our world. Let us not be discouraged when we flip through the gloomy news in our local country, in our global front. Let us not be discouraged by all this news because evil may gain and hold ground. But God has evil on a leash and he will judge and punish them one day. My brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe evil and suffering and oppression seem far for most Singaporean. But let us not forget our brothers and sisters in Christ in various parts of the world where they are severely oppressed, severely persecuted. The beast of our time is still at work through the persecution that they are experiencing. In Christianity Today, article dated 17 January 2023, the title of the article is The 50 Countries Which Are Hardest to Follow Jesus in 2023. In this article, it has reported this. Every day, 13 Christians worldwide are killed. Every day, 12 churches or Christian buildings are attacked. Every day, 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned, and another five are adopted. In this same article, it also reported 10 worst persecuted countries listed on the slide here. The article has also said that COVID pandemic has intensified the persecution. Countries like India, where people need to go to certain food distribution point to collect food, the Christians are turned away. They were turned away because they were Christians. And Christians had to walk miles and miles and miles to hide their identity just so that they may collect food from the food distribution points in COVID pandemic season. While we lamented on the fact that we couldn't travel during COVID, our brothers and sisters in Christ, they were fighting for their faith. They were fighting for their lives and they didn't have food to eat. So today, as we understand evil and suffering and try to see our world with hope, let us not forget our brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to lead you to pray for them. Pray that they will believe in the supremacy of God's judgment, that the evil may hold and gain ground in these countries that they are in, but they will not lose hope, they will not lose faith. They will believe that one day God will judge the evil deeds, and God will vindicate them. We pray that the Holy Spirit will strengthen them and their faith. We pray for Christians to fly in to support them. Let us pause right now for one minute to pray for them in these countries. Let us pray. Thank you for praying. In these last days of evil and suffering, let us see our world with hope because of the supremacy of God's judgment. We worship the same God as Daniel. He did not just see a horrifying vision of the future. He saw the ancient of days seated on the throne, judging evil deeds. He saw hope. Today, let us see hope that evil may gain ground, but one day God will vindicate you. God will vindicate our brothers and sisters in various parts of the world who are severely persecuted. I don't know what you're experiencing this season. It might be injustice at your workplace, pain and suffering at home, in your community, in this country that you're seeing and experiencing. I want to encourage you, do not lose hope and faith. Let us continue to believe and trust that God will judge, God will vindicate, God will put everything in order one day in his perfect timing. You know, Daniel saw the beast scene and then he switched to the throne room. Right now, the scene is going to switch for the second point of today's sermon. Let us see our world with hope because of a certainty of an everlasting kingdom. So let's switch scene right now and continue reading verses 11 to 12. This is what Daniel saw. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. As I looked, the beast was killed and his body destroyed and given over to be burnt with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. The beasts were killed, destroyed, dominion taken away. There's one word to describe this. Defeat. If the beasts are experiencing defeat, who is the one? Having victory. So let us go on to read verses 13 to 14, and you realize the scene now is changed to the throne room again. Daniel. Daniel saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Daniel did not just see the beast destroyed and killed. Daniel saw someone like a son of man given an everlasting kingdom. Daniel saw hope. Because we must remember that God's people in those days, they lost the promised land. They lost their king. They were living in their enemy land. They were in exile. But when Daniel saw someone like a son of man given an everlasting kingdom, he was reminded of the divinity covenant. That God has not forgotten the promise he made to his people in the divinity covenant that the descendant of David shall sit on the throne and reign forever. Daniel saw hope when he entered the throne room again and saw this son of man. And even in exile, they must not lose hope and faith because God has not forgotten them. God has not forgotten the divinity covenant that the descendants of David, one descendant of David, shall sit on the throne to reign forever. Today, on hindsight, when we look at verses 13 to 14, we know this son of man is Jesus Christ himself. He fulfilled the divinity covenant. He is the descendant of David, and today he sits on the throne and reigns forever. Daniel saw hope, and likewise, in these last days of evil and suffering, let us see our world with hope because of the certainty of an everlasting kingdom where victorious Jesus reigns forever. Maybe some of you may be curious and ask why do Christians call their Jesus um, victorious King? Isn't the cross a place of defeat? After all, wasn't Jesus defeated? He died, he was crucified. Isn't the cross a place of defeat? Well, for Christians, we see the cross a place not of defeat, but of victory. Where Jesus conquered death at the cross, he rose from the dead, and he ushered in an everlasting kingdom where he reigns forever. That's why Christians see our world with hope because of the certainty of an everlasting kingdom where King Jesus reigns forever. Above all darkness, all principalities, above all rulers, we have this King who reigns forever. And that's why Christians see our world with hope. Colossians chapter one verses thirteen to fourteen says this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Chapter 2, 14 to 15 says this, by cancelling the record of death that stood against us with his legal demand. This he set aside, kneeling it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. When people believe in Jesus, God transfers them from the domain of darkness into his everlasting kingdom where he reigns and disarms all demonic influences over them and sets them free. When people believe in Jesus, Jesus cancels the record of death on the book. He redeems them, he forgives them and gives them power, a new power to live righteously. When people believe in Jesus, they see their world with hope because of a certainty of an everlasting kingdom when King Jesus reigns forever, where he delivers us from darkness, from deception, from depression, from discouragement, from the beast of our time. This is why Christians do not see the cross as a place of defeat. We see it a place of victory because at the cross, Jesus conquered death. He rose from the dead and he ushers in an everlasting kingdom of God. Maybe some of you seated here may not be a believer in Jesus Christ. Maybe you feel the stirring in your heart today and you desire Jesus to transfer you from the domain of darkness, of depression, of discouragement, of death and transfer you into the kingdom of his light and his love and eternity. And if this is you, receive Jesus in your heart today because I believe he's speaking to some of us here today. In these last days of evil and suffering, let us see our world with hope because of a certainty of an everlasting kingdom where King Jesus reigns forever. At this moment, I just want to highlight to my brothers and sisters in Christ on this point. You know in Daniel chapter 7, the beasts are destroyed, are killed, and then dominion, they are taken away. That is the beast in Daniel days. But the beast of our time is not destroyed yet. Jesus has ushered in the kingdom of God the everlasting kingdom of God, that this kingdom of God has not fully consummated nor completed because the beast of our time is not fully destroyed yet. That's why we see evil and suffering. That's why we see immorality in our world. That's why we see oppression and persecution. Not because God has caused all this. It's because the beast of our day and time is not destroyed yet. One day, they will be destroyed. One day, that day will come. But today, the devil is not going to sit around to do nothing. The devil will continue to kill, still destroy all families, all generations, all countries. And the devil will come and attack God's people. So today, I want you to be aware of spiritual warfare. The beasts in Daniel's day are destroyed. The beast of our time is not destroyed yet. Therefore, we must be discerning, be watchful, be alert. We must not fear spiritual warfare because we worship a king who reigns forever. We must not fear. We must fight in this spiritual warfare against the beast of our time. Not for victory, but from a position of victory that Christ has already gained at the cross and he has ushered in the kingdom of God where the domain of darkness has no hold on us. And today God is calling you to fight in the kingdom. Don't be a spectator. Fight on your knees. Impress and push back the darkness in your home, your family, your city, your community. Push back the darkness as a country in Singapore and let us continue to fight in this spiritual warfare. One area that I want to encourage you to fight is an unsurrendered area of your life. The beast of our time, Satan, often attacks us in an unsurrendered area of our lives because when it is unsurrendered, it means that area is not given to Jesus, not yielded to Jesus, and King Jesus is not king in that area. Do you know what area is that? Is it a financial area of your life that you can't release the love for finance or the control in the financial aspect of your life? Is it the sexuality that you're fighting, the temptations, and that area you have not surrendered to Christ? Is it a wounded past in your childhood or experience or an episode in your life that you have suffered injustice, either in family, in your growing up years or at work, that you have not asked Jesus to forgive, you have not released forgiveness and there's so much bitterness. Whatever that area is, today I just want to lovingly encourage you, surrender it. Because when you surrender that area to Jesus, He comes in to reign as King and you realize that you can fight from a position of victory because of what Christ has done at the cross. He gained that victory at the cross, ushering the kingdom where no domain of darkness has a hold on you. And today, God wants you to surrender that area to Him. In these last days of evil and suffering, let us see our world with hope because of a certainty of an everlasting kingdom. Daniel saw the beast destroyed, but he didn't just see them destroyed. He saw someone like the Son of Man receiving an everlasting kingdom. He saw hope that God has not forgotten the divinity covenant. Today, when we see a passage like this, we, we see hope as well. We see evil and suffering and immorality in our world. But we see hope because the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, He died on the cross and He is ushered in the kingdom of God where no darkness can have a hold on us. And today, some of you may want to receive Jesus for the first time because you want to come into the everlasting kingdom of God and see your world with hope. Today, some of you, God is asking you to fight because the beast of our time is not destroyed yet fight it on your knees, fight it by surrendering And a particular area, episode in your life, that's when you can fight from a position of victory. As I come to the end of the sermon, I'd like to invite the worship team up on the stage to uh, get prepared. In these last days of evil and suffering, let us see our world with hope because of the supremacy of God's judgment, because of the certainty of an everlasting kingdom. You know, when you read through Daniel chapter 7, you see, oh no, there's there's so much confusion. One moment we see bees, next moment we see throne room. One moment we see bees, and next moment we see throne room again. And then you're not sure whether you you can follow chapter 7, 8, 9, 10 to 12, and maybe by next week we might just have half of the people here. I want to encourage you, stay on in the book of Daniel, especially 7 to 12. You see confusion, but from the author point of view, it is an amazing order in the way he arranged the information in verses 1 to 15 of today's passage. I want to show that to you in a little while. You know, as modern communicators, when we want to highlight something to you, we either use a PowerPoint or I will highlight it with yellow just to highlight a point to you. But in the ancient Bible days, when they want to highlight something to us, they often use the literally structure to highlight a message to the readers. And if you look at today's passage, verses 1 to 15, you will realise that the information of the visions and the dreams are arranged in a chiastic structure, where there is a pattern, there's a V-shape, and at the centre of the V-shape is the throne room. That is the throne room, verses 9 and 10, and from 11 to 15 onwards is the reverse order. We see confusion in the dreams and visions. But there's such an amazing order through the chaotic structure that the author wants to communicate to the readers back then and to us today that everything makes sense when Daniel enters the throne room. When he enters the throne room, he sees the supremacy of God's judgment. When he enters the throne room, he sees a certainty of an everlasting kingdom. And today, God is asking you, see your world differently. See beyond the reality. See beyond the physical world enter the throne room and you will see your world differently. You will find hope and salvation in Jesus Christ. When you enter the throne room, you will see a higher throne where King Jesus reigns forever. When you enter the throne room, when you see a higher throne, you will not just see evil, suffering or oppression. You will see King Jesus. And one day, the beasts of our time will be destroyed. And one day, this everlasting kingdom shall reign forever and ever. Let us rise right now and let us worship God with this song. And today, you want to ask God, open my eyes to see spiritual realities that God will judge one day for the injustice that we experience, God will vindicate one day. You want God to open your spiritual eyes to see spiritual realities of His kingdom, of His kingdom, that you do not just want to be a spectator. You want to be in the kingdom fighting fighting on your knees in prayer, pushing back the darkness that the beast of our time is at work in our country, our family, our community and in the nations. And today, if this is your cry to God and you want to respond to God in this manner, I want to invite you with all eyes closed to raise your hand, to say, God, count me in. Open my eyes to see spiritual realities. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Father, you see hands raised up to you. We are raising our hands not in strength, we are raising our hands in witness to say, God empower us, to open our spiritual eyes to see spiritual realities. That today we want to count us in. We want to serve you in this everlasting kingdom where King Jesus reigns forever. In all with all the pain, the suffering that we have experienced, Father, today we are giving it back to you. We are giving it back to you because you are judged and we are not. For all that unsurrendered areas of our lives, we are giving it to you today. And we ask King Jesus, come and reign in this area so that we fight from a position of victory. So that we fight from a position of victory that you have pushed back the darkness and transferred us into the domain of your light and your love. You may put your hands right now down. There, and I want to speak to some of our friends here with eyes closed. You are not a believer in Christ, but today you feel a stirring in your heart. That prompting is from God and today He wants you to receive Jesus into your life. He wants to transfer you from the domain of darkness into His everlasting kingdom where He reigns as King and He will deliver you from all evil, temptation and harm. If this is you with all eyes closed, can I invite you to raise your hand? I want to pray for you. If you want to receive Jesus for the first time, can you raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Father, you see, where our friends are right now. Some of them may want to receive Jesus, but they may not have the courage to indicate that. We pray, Father, that you will fill them with your spirit, that your blood, the blood of Jesus, will cleanse your sins, that you will cancel all record of death in the name of Jesus, that you will pull them from the domain of darkness into your everlasting kingdom, where you reign as king in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.